So what happens when you buy a smart home product and a few years down the road, you find out that a software update or lack of software updates are coming and that effectively brick that speaker, light switch or whatever. That's exactly what we're talking about today on Jason Squared. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. And the topic today is Sonos and their recent announcement of legacy devices no longer receiving software updates. Jason, what's going on? Well, this is a really interesting development, and it's a, it's a fairly new behavior for a consumer electronics manufacturer. Fair, I, will, I will say fairly new. Um, what has happened is that Sonos has made a notification to its early adopters that brought, it bought its products in the first 10 years of its existence, and then said, these set of products will no longer be supported by the company. So we will no longer give you software updates and patches. So now they're basically stuck at where they are, which is, all right, that's annoying, right? But sure. they've added an additional qualifier, which is if these products are attached to any other new products in your Sonos network, your, the rest of your Sonos network will not get any updates. So this is the relative equivalent, just as Beth brought out, to us a couple of minutes ago, that if you had your iPhone and it was a and it was an older iPhone that was say five years old, it would stop getting software updates. But so would your Mac and your and iPad, your Apple Watch, and your Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. So this actually starts in May. They're kind of announcing it, or they did announce it now to kind of prepare users to of what to expect in May. So starting in May, the legacy products will no longer receive software updates. And like you said, anything else tied to your system since in Sonos's eyes, one group of speakers is your entire system will no longer receive updates. So if you just spent $400 on your smart TV sound system last week, right. but you have a Sonos Play 5, which is one of yep. the impacted and speakers. These now all become bricks, all of them, every single one of these things. Well, they'll continue to work, but eventually as new features are added, the functionality decreases and it's entirely possible, yeah, that everything becomes a brick. And so the exact list of products that are impacted by this or what Sonos is considered legacy, is considering legacy devices includes the bridge, uh, the Connect and Connect Amp, which were manufactured between 2011 and 2015. So if you have one that's newer than that, you're okay. The CR200, which was their touchscreen remote that they tried for a few years before smartphones took over, Play 5 speaker, the Gen 1 Play 5, which is what I have. I have two of those that are no longer supported. Um, and then there's the ZP80, 90, 100, and 120. And those are the Hi-Fi amps that you can plug any speaker into and control via the Sonos app. Expensive so boxes, bit, by the way. Very expensive that? boxes. Those were very expensive boxes, by the way, as I recall. Yeah, all of this was expensive. The Play 5s, yeah. when they were out years ago, were you know, $300, $400. Right. So I, I guess... The thing, there's two things we need to talk about here. And it, the first one is what you just touched on is software updates that impact an entire system. And then also the broader impact, what this has on IoT as a whole. Uh, so for me, at first I was like, okay, I've had some of these speakers for nine years, eight years. The Connect, I don't use anymore. I haven't used for a while since Sonos went Wi-Fi. You know, you can connect directly to the Wi-Fi system and you don't need to use a Connect. Uh, but my Play 5 speakers, I still use almost on a daily basis, if not weekly, for sure. And when I first heard the news, I was okay. 
all right, that's fine. I've owned these for a long time. I understand they won't receive software updates, but the, the rub for me is that the rest of my system, which I've invested in Sonos products since I got my first Sonos speaker, a Play One, years ago, is I have plenty of new products throughout my home. And I think most Sonos users are probably that same way, whereas it's a long-term investment and a continuous upgrade or expansion. It, all those new products that I have are now as they're stuck in the past, like the legacy speakers I have. And I, I really, it sits with me wrong. Um, what Sonos is doing to kind of entice people to upgrade, and that's another aspect of this that's not really user friendly, is they're offering a 30% discount if you recycle your old speaker, your legacy product. So you, I could upgrade to the new Play 5 or whatever it's called now and receive 30% off. If I commit to recycling my current Play 5, but I only have 21 days to do that. And after those 21 days of committing to the 30% off discount recycling, they brick my old speaker. A software update comes out, wipes it, and prevents it from ever being activated again. What do you think about that? Generally speaking, I think Sonos is an excellent support organization. You get on the phone with them, their techs are great. They're very helpful. They'll work you through stuff. And I find that they tend to go over, sometimes they'll bend over backwards to make you happy, even if you have a product that's out of warranty, such as this one. Um, but there are some very broad implications for what this means for the rest of the industry. Um, I've had experience with products, particularly sound uh, audio products that where the companies go out of business and then you're left with nothing. There was a company, for example, called Aether. Uh, I don't know if you remember that the product no. was shaped like a cone, right? And um, that, that, that cone, uh, once the company lost its partnerships with, with RDO and its streaming partners, and they had financial difficulties, they had to shut the company down. When they shut the company down, they lost all the cloud service connectivity to the streaming and, and anything that you could do with it. So what they did as a, last, as a last ditch gesture to its community was to send a firmware update that turns it into a simple Bluetooth speaker. It, it became from a smart speaker to a dumb speaker, but at least it continued to function, right? They repurposed it. They repurposed it, but in the case of Sonos, if you agree to the recycling and you initiate that 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 sequence, yeah, which I believe you almost did by accident, yeah, uh, we got kills, on here, kills yeah. those boxes completely, non-functional. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of like imagine that you had you know that forty-year-old hi-fi system you bought when you were a kid in, in college uh, or in high school, and it's still working, and then suddenly it's not, you know. Right. It, it, you know, and, and, you know, I know people have really old boxes from, from, you know, from God knows when, when they bought this Sony speaker system or whatnot, they're dumb speakers. They continue to work. The drivers in these things don't exactly go bad, you know, speaker drivers and the, and the, and the, and the, and the amps and all that. And the, and the transformers, those things don't go bad. What appears to be dying is the little tiny microcontroller, right? That's got maybe, I don't know, like a meg or two of RAM in it and, and maybe a few hundred mega, mega storage at tops. And yeah. that's what runs the thing. Something that's less powerful than a Raspberry Pi Zero, right? right. Uh, a, a, what we call is a microcontroller. It's, 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 it's a tiny little chip that basically has very minimal functionality. And that is the brains of the entire thing. And that is no longer supported. The entire box no longer functions. Yeah. And, and look, I get... I'll go back to this. I get that these products are pretty old and by today's technology standards, they are severely underpowered. I, I totally understand that. 
But, and there's a path forward for the new products right now to expand their functionality, especially as Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa are integrated into these speakers, which they have been for the last, you know, Alexa's for a while, Google Assistant is more recent. But the fact that it cripples my, my entire system is yeah. really sitting wrong with me. I, I, Sonos is a, is a good company. I, the tech support, like you said, has been great over the years for me. They've replaced products that have gone bad. I have a Play One hanging outside under my porch that stays there year round, the rain, snow, wind, all of that, and it still works. Yeah. It, it, like these are well-built hardware products. So what I would like to see is Sonos take a step back from this decision and enable a way for, let's say the new speakers, the, the newer speakers, non-legacy speakers update next week. And they add these really cool new features that the old speakers aren't capable of using. Let me know in the app that, hey, we just added this feature. And if you try to party up with all the other speakers, you're not going to be able to use it. So you can only use it on these speakers. Just keep that in mind. I mean, that seems like a fair solution to users who have invested over the last decade to their products, but and a path forward for the new products. But right now, I mean, starting in May, what do I do? I'm either forced to spend money on more Sonos gear, forced to look for new products um, outside of Sonos ecosystem, which is going to cost me more money to replace my entire setup. Or I just kind of live with the fact that my system is stuck where it's at right now, which isn't bad, but the first time an update comes down and it has functionality that I want or need, I, I have to spend money. That, at the bottom, at the end of the day, the bottom line is I have to spend money. And that doesn't sit right with me at all. Um, but I guess that brings up a broader question, Jason. What is the proper life expectancy that we should have as consumers for IoT products? Is so, it two years, five years, 10 years? So I think it depends, you know, and I think we need to, the industry as a whole needs to give some thought to this right now. Now that we're at a certain, uh, I would say functionality level in terms of what the, the base level microcontroller is you can buy on the market to power a device. Something such as a Raspberry Pi Zero, right, which has, I think I think 512 meg of of, uh, of RAM and uh, you know like something around it's got an SD card so it can take a couple of gigabytes of storage. That's yeah. a decent amount of processing power as a base level controller device for something like one of these things, right? Maybe Absolutely. you have for for things like um, you know things like light lighting systems and the things that control the lighting systems like little you know what they call them zigbee controllers you know yeah. that they don't actually communicate by by a wi-fi they use bluetooth connectivity and they bridge into your wi-fi system to be able to to be controlled so you've got different levels of these microcontrollers you've got stuff as powerful as as smartphones right that you know something like a qualcomm 700 series right which they're talking about putting inside electric vehicles like things like the tesla right uh, or, or things that might control your solar panel arrays in your house, infrastructure-based components. Now, you expect those components, those computers, to be able to function for at least 10 years at a time, and probably longer. I expect, for example, like my, my Nest or my Echo B thermostat, because they're solid state, they shouldn't die after 10 years. They should be able to function within a 20-year lifespan. So what needs to happen is that these manufacturers need to start planning long in advance of what their end of life scenario is for these products. And they have to declare them just as when Microsoft says, you know what, your Windows 7 is going to expire at the end of 2019. January 1, 2020 is when we yeah. cannot patch this stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, 
or, or, or when Windows 10 is an end of life of this build level, you have to upgrade to the next version and you know, your PC might not support it. Those are the type of statements they need to make and they need to make uh, provisions for potentially, I think the open source community to be able to take stewardship of firmware and interfaces and say, hey, you know what? We can't spend the engineering time on making new software for this thing, but guess what? If you guys wanna do best effort to try to support these devices and create your own networks with this stuff, go ahead. That's something that already exists with things like Wi-Fi, access points, and routers. Linksys engaged with the open source community and said, hey, you know what? Here's the interface standard. Here's the kernel that we use for this Wi-Fi router. We, we can't completely support every single aspect of this thing, but here's what sure. we can give you and go at it. And now you can see, and then there are Wi-Fi uh, firmwares you can download for really old Wi-Fi routers that continue to make them to work, even though they no longer receive official updates from Linksys. I think that's the sort of thing that we need to start seeing from the IoT community at large. And we need to have certifying organizations, kind of like what we have for the UL, where you might have a set of manufacturers that commit to these dates of expiration and end of life and, co and committing to handing over certain things to the open source community. Now, what that means is that these, these manufacturers need to stop being so uh, closed kimono, right? So someone like Apple obviously would never want to do something like that, right? No. So they could not get that certification. And Sonos is kind of moving towards the Apple direction where everything is sort of close to, no one really knows how the Wi-Fi networking and, and, and meshing capabilities of the Sonos system actually works. We don't really know how the interfaces work. There's been some hackerish type of utilities that people created to try to talk to them, but nobody really knows what language they speak. So those are the sort of things that we need to start thinking about as an industry. Should we be embracing more open source standards for communicating between devices? Or do we just going to have to like, you know, hope and pray that these guys don't, you know, decide to cut us off like this sure, on a continual yeah. basis? I think the main takeaway I have from what you just said is that setting expectations by the companies that are making these products and yeah. committing to end of life dates. Google does this with its Pixel phones and Chromebooks as well. It says this device will receive updates through this date. So you know upfront when you buy a Pixel, you have three years of software updates right. that you can rely on. And for a phone, that's a very realistic time uh, you know, to receive updates. But it would be great for Sonos to come out now and say, all right, for Beam and Play One and whatever else is on the list that is currently a new device, this is when we're going to stop supporting those. They should be able to forecast far enough ahead with the power resources that it has and right. give us a list and end of life dates. I don't know that I have a magic number for a light bulb that I buy on how long to expect that to work, one, two years, whenever the bulb goes out, right. I guess, is kind of the expectation there. But what about a smart plug? How long should I expect that to be supported? Or Amazon Alexa, the new Echo, or the, the original Echo, when is that going to be end of life? There's a lot that goes into this, and, and I agree 100%. Companies need to be upfront with how long they plan on supporting it software-wise. They know how, long, how powerful it is, and, and although they can't predict the future completely, they, they can tell when it's gonna run out of power, or have a, at least a good estimate of when it's gonna run out of power. Yeah, um, agreed. Anything else we need to touch on here? I think we've done a pretty good job, but if you have any final thoughts. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, so I'm, I am really starting to believe that we need to start thinking about products that are open source interoperable, things that don't live in their own 
uh, you know, silos, right? So it, it starts to get more complicated when you start combining functionality of ecosystems and certain devices. Sonos now has devices, for example, that are Alexa compatible, right? Yep. So uh, to what extent does, are the Alexa services going to be supported on that device versus its basic life cycle, right? I mean, can, can suddenly Amazon decide, well, you know what, this particular Amazon Alexa device doesn't meet this specific functionality specification that we want going forward. We're going to disconnect your Alexa service on your Sonos. Ah! So like, you know, those are the type of things we need to be, be concerned about. And I think we really need to start lobbying for open source platforms to power these devices and, and um, you know, organizations that, you know, will, will certify companies that use these, these interoperability standards for, for, for long-term support. Yeah, so I think it's interesting you brought up Amazon Alexa and Sonos support. You know, Sonos filed a lawsuit against Google for antitrust issues, and they're taking them to court saying Google stole their technology, and that's how Google Home or Nest Home, now that it's called that, uh, came to be. And they openly said, we don't have the resources to fight Amazon as well. Both of them did this to us. They've stolen our technology. That's how their products work is off of our hard work. Uh, so it's entirely possible that Alexa pulls or Amazon pulls the plug on Alexa support in Sonos. Same with Google and Very Google possibly. Assistant support on Sonos products as well. So I, we don't have time to dive into all the nuance of that. And I think that's probably a good place to end as well. Sonos, do the right thing make legacy products at least continue working on par as what they are without impacting the rest of the system, but give users a better option, um, upgrade path going forward. For Jason Perlow, I'm Jason Cipriani. This is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our videos at ZDNet.com.